0: Jem Hadar say, kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill ya founders. Kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill ya founders. Kill kill, kill kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill, kill kill ya kill founders. But O'Brien says don't get captured. While Bashir shout RTJ on the double.
1: Welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the greatest TV show with the greatest doctor, am I right? Um, With me, as always, is James Nolan.
2: No no comment on that, guys.
1: (laughs) And... Hugh Crawford.
2: Uh, hello. And he's
3: clearly listen right off the bat. But I know I've got a preamble I'm supposed to do. But let's make it clear. Let's make it super clear that he doesn't actually solve a medical mystery in this episode. That's because yeah,
1: yeah, he wasn't allowed he, to. It
3: is epi- this episode ends with him going maybe. That's because All his right. work, his work has been destroyed. Right. It, but yes, yes. All right. Well, let's. That's splitting hairs. But let's not say best doctor. No. No, nothing in this episode <laughs> indicates. Best doctor. Okay, so okay, I was- <laughs> uh, nevertheless, the, n- the name of this episode is A Hippocratic Oath. It originally aired October 16th, 1995. It is episode three out of season four, and the IMDb description is as follows. Bashir is asked to help a group of renegade Jim Hadar break their addiction to Ketracel White. Meanwhile, Worf is dissatisfied with the way Odo runs security. wah, 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 wah. sad (laughs) trombone. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm I'm coming in hot on this one because... (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, I was just triggering you. Uh, (laughs) I I knew what I was doing. Use a uh, snowflake. Snowflake you.
2: Go back to your safe space. (laughs) Go Uh, back to your Bashir-hating hug box. Oh, my God.
3: Uh, There's no place on on the Rules of Acquisition campus that is safe for me on this. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Okay, so right off the bat, I think this is um, this is an okay episode, Ooh. right? What do you guys um, think?
1: I I thought it was pretty good.
3: I'm actually gonna say okay. So, like, oh, I got I got I got problems with it. Uh, really? I almost I think it's a fine episode, okay. but I don't think it's. Like I think perfect. that okay. it was a fine. Episode. The,
2: okay, okay. So, okay, so a very good one. Like, I'm gonna tell it like there's a there's a four episode story with adversary, which was a fun, good ending. With a good like thing going on. And then it had the in the beginning episode, which was I guess counts as two episodes in the the catalog keeping way of the warrior, which you know we Gushed over, right? And then Visitor, which, uh, which, but the way of the Warrior was like supposed to be this big epic movie with the war with the Klingons and Worf's back and all this stuff. So it's it's gonna be good. Like you, it would have been hard to fuck that up. I mean, not really, but they were in their wheelhouse. And then they do something different. That's a change of pace, interlight episode type with the Visitor. Now we're back to just this is just the normal Star Trek episode, like a normal Deep Space Nine episode. Is it? Though? But mm-hmm. but. The 40 degree day is now like a, like a 55 degree day, Mm. you know, like it all moved up like the, because (laughs) of coal. (laughs) No, I just see. I think the episode, I think the episode is just, (laughs) I think the episode is just all around good. It's just good. I think it's picking up
1: on the, the best stuff we had from season three. I think this is like, Oh wait, the stuff that worked the best here for the arc of the series that we're dealing with. Let's, carry that on like they're carrying over from it was like the third or fourth episode of season three where they had the whatever it was where they find the baby jim hadar this is felt Uh, like they're this is the first abandoned the abandoned yeah yeah because that's where they first mentioned that the jim hadar have this addiction to an enzyme and this is the first episode where they name it and they're carrying on the jim hadar storyline which is like one of the more like it's a it's going in the D- the Dominion stuff, which is what I like about the show the most. Yeah, you know, and, well, it's, and also it's it's the first. I don't know if it's if y'all will say it's a good Bashir episode, but I, it's among the better Bashir episodes that we've had.
2: I mean, Bashir was on my my moral position, but okay, let me okay. So what? Like, it's an episode that is about two conflicts amongst friends. <laughs> Old and new. Old and new amongst co workers. (laughs) And yeah.
1: Oh, and the other, yeah. The other way to look at it is just as a relationship quarrel, which is awesome.
2: But two relationship quarrels, and that they both reflect back on each other. And it's a story as old as time. You have people that want to view an old, ossified situation differently. You have a
3: man who wants his wife to be a man, (laughs) right? That's a story as old as time.
2: And, you know he he's yeah. he's got a crush on a coworker, now, um,
4: uh-huh, but uh,
2: uh, he likes to work on proj. He built he put up pegboard in his bedroom, I guess, and like saw horses. What? There's a t- she he's arguing because because his wife. Oh, oh
1: okay. I thought you were talking metaphorically <laughs> with.
2: No, I don't like, know. Yeah, that's I don't, that I don't, no, like he, he he put up like a workstation in the bedroom. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so that you have this conflict between two. Positions, One of which is, is like that I have this very Manichaean, unchanging rule about the metrics of how justice is meted out, uh, both with Wharf and with O'Brien. And then you have people who are trying to operate and do it a different way. And they're trying to sort of, you know, run a more complicated world. And that is a conflict that's works, and it even has a little preamble in the end where, like, Avery Brooks delivers a little monologue about it where he actually oh, yeah. uses the phrases shades of gray.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's just say DS9 has more shades of gray, and Quark definitely is a shade of gray. He has his own set of rules, and he follows them diligently. Once you understand them, you understand Quark. I'd say that's true for. Everyone
2: here. But the conflict between O'Brien and and Bashir is like a perfect where they are now, where if they were just stayed buddy buddy, that would have been empty. It would have been like, what are the, what are Homer's two friends, like Lenny and.
1: Oh, at at Moe's? No,
2: the two guys that work at the. Oh, oh, at the. the, Yeah, yeah.
1: well, (laughs) they're also at Moe's, but they work at the. But they're like
2: close friends, but you never know the nature of their relationship. Like this actually you actually expound on their they have a conflict and they have a fight and at the end of the episode they're not really over it. Yeah. Well,
1: if
3: uh, uh, wait wait cuz I have take objection with that last scene. I have I have a pro- the, strong problems with that. Really? Scene. I love the They way- canceled Darts Hugh.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was going to say I was I take objection that um Homer's two buddies they never explain. They might have I if should, you watch enough others- of the later seasons of the Simpsons that nobody likes they they make settled in jokes about there's them.
2: 127 seasons of the Simpsons. i've <laughs> missed only, watched,
1: know, I only
3: watched like the first eight yeah and that was like in real live time yeah so. Yeah,
1: well, you watch the best, but anyways, sorry, that's, <laughs> that's not a that's not cogent to a Deep Space Nine podcast. No, it's not.
3: I guess we could talk about all the Treehouse of Horror episodes <laughs> yeah. for an escape pod one year. Yeah. but Yeah,
1: go listen to the Simpsons uh, review podcasts that make all the money. Yeah, <laughs> Make
3: all the money. <laughs> um, so, do you guys want to talk about the, I think that's a fair assessment, James, of what this episode is about. Do you guys want to go down scene by scene?
1: Uh, yeah, we should get into yeah. that. Yeah,
3: because I I kind of tipped our hand a little bit. It doesn't start off with, isn't the opening scene in the shuttlecraft where Bashir and O'Brien are talking about how they wish they were married to each other and Keiko wasn't in the equation. Actually,
1: the opening scene is Worf at the bar.
3: That's right. Okay. Well, there's two opening scenes basically. Right, right. Each A and B plot have their own opening scene. Can
2: we just say that in the A plot, it's, it's Kira, which is the only time you see her in this episode. Is Kira and Worf talking. None of it. The
1: A plot or
2: the B plot? That's the B plot.
1: It's the opening plot. So confusing. Yeah,
2: well, they got to get Wharf on screen because he was barely in <laughs> last week's episode, and he's the new draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have to put him on screen at first.
1: It's a great B plot. Yeah, no, it is relevant.
3: Yeah. Not a visitor. Okay, I have <laughs> I
2: have problems with that the B plot too. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm interested in this because I don't want this to be a circle jerk for the episode. But I didn't have any. I have. Like I have. I have. Yeah. But not. But is it just me or was Not a Visitor putting off weird vibes in that scene?
1: To to Wharf.
2: Yes. Yes. And I they know, got I like it too. Just, no, No.
1: No, 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 no. I got, I got them in Way of the Warrior, too, though. Like, maybe at this point in the season. Oh. Was this
2: a thing they were working on? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I thought maybe they were. If yeah. she
2: was
3: supposed to put down weird vibes, I just thought she was, like, approaching him cautiously as, like, a co-worker she doesn't really know very well. I didn't think she was putting out the vapors.
2: No, I think... <laughs> I, I
1: wouldn't go so far as to call it the vapors, but I would say in my mind that it felt like maybe the writers were thinking that that might be their relationship mm-hmm. that might be the ship that the writers were working towards and well that you might know how things work out you might not but that would
2: have been fun yeah yeah, yeah.
1: and cuz she they're both kind of repressed you know yeah it would have
2: <laughs> they did they had a meet cute in way of the warrior yeah he sees that that was awkward and then this exchange where she was like I guess flirtatiously antagonistic to him yeah and
1: then part of that re-read is like well you don't understand how Odo works just let him do his thing
2: yeah that would have been a way to play that scene because it was that way on paper but I don't think that's I don't think that's what she went with but but no I mean it's it's fine you know it's I like weird notes I like Mm -hmm. odd angles to perform things so yeah
1: but then the other part of that cold open is, yes, talking about romance between Bashir and O'Brien. <laughs> they're in the Bopak system, but before that, they're like, because, yeah, you were talking about he's setting up a thing in their bedroom with Keiko, and I wish you were just more like awkward silence. There's a lot of tension.
2: Bashir was like, more like me? <laughs> me?
1: Like, you know, like a man, which... Doesn't actually help the homoerotic tension at all.
3: Nope. Well, it's kind of played for laughs. I mean, that's right.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, this whole episode is, a. I felt like the subtext, like talking about our, we were talking about, we had that whole bonus episode where we talked about kind of the gay relationships. Yeah. This is, that whole scene, this scene is one of the ones referenced. And also this whole episode can be viewed through the arc of just a relationship and Things are left... Like, they have a fight that's not resolved at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And we'll
2: get to that. Or the th- uh, the hurt... I mean, the, the issues are resolved, but the hurt feelings are left over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, like... I, okay, okay. So, like, I've been married longer than probably O'Brien. But, yeah, no, because didn't we see their wedding? Or were they just... Yeah, you know, next generation. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, no, like, I... Um, This was
3: 1995 and the wedding episode was either way, you've been married longer than yes.
5: (laughs) uh, I've been married a long
2: time. But like, okay, so I I get this feeling that like, I mean, that's a feeling that I've had before. It's just like you you don't get to hang out with your best friend with your friends as much as you want to. And you're (laughs) like,
1: I feel I'm feeling like
2: and then you start and then you're working around gay people (laughs) and then like you you realize that like gay people in their relationships, they are kind of are living with their best friend in a weird in a way that like you know testosterone matches testosterone you know like men and women can get along and be best friends i'm not saying they're not but it's it's generally more complicated if not, if socially if not biologically and it 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 is sort of a like you know, hey james
1: some some of us in normal well, no, no, no um, that's getting cut. Not normal. And, <laughs> and
2: <laughs> we all got to tread carefully on this point. Okay. Some of
1: us in uh, heteronormative relationships also live with our best. From.
2: uh-huh yeah yeah how long, um, how long you- <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh not me
1: but you know. so i mean no, I, some people
2: i love my wife more than anything but like yeah
1: yeah well i mean yeah but yeah
2: i wouldn't I say mean that some our interests some... are super intertwined yeah. some people do our, our married interests are very intertwined and our lives are very intertwined but i don't think like you know
1: yeah, okay that doesn't describe my relationship either though <laughs> i'm in a very happy one.
2: We're going to watch two Deep Space Nine episodes, then we're going to watch Mike Lee's Naked, and then we're going to fuck. <laughs> like, that just doesn't happen in, like, my life. I don't Speak know. for yourself.
1: I mean, <laughs> well, not, Or not me. Or
2: O'Brien's life. I, I get the I intrigue, but that's not really what he's saying. He's saying that, like, I, I wish that I understood why I have saw horses in the bedroom. And yeah.
1: But even Bashir is like, you did that.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that's a bad. Oh no. I mean, I'm on your side. I'm on your side. But. <laughs> yeah. okay.
0: well, I don't use it when she's visiting. Oh, of course not.
2: Yeah. And then Bashir offered. Like, I do like that. There's like a bullshit reading of why he did that from both perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. That was dumb, but fun. Yeah. The, so. the B
3: plot with it. Cause it switches gears pretty quickly after that scene, mm-hmm. the B plot with Worf suddenly into his new surroundings. Um, is Worf's new title the exact title Sean Spicer's gonna have? <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it the exact, same? like, I've never heard of Worf's title. What is it? Does anybody have it what? handy? I forgot to write I it out. The special, uh, it is, special strategic, prog, strategic, strategic, prog, special
2: strategic projects office. He's gonna help
3: get Cisco's message out there the best way he can,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but just not doing it directly. Now, um, I, I think he's strategic
1: it, 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 off command officer or something. I don't remember. Here's my right.
4: beef with this
2: special operations. Special operations officer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think
1: <laughs> he's on the kicking team. I
2: think
3: I think strategic is in there somehow.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it is too. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I mean, we're splitting hairs, but my point <laughs> yeah. my point is this. Here's my beef with the entire war. Uh I think that anybody who has watched. Any sort of show, <laughs> like if you've ever seen a, a story with a beginning, middle, and end, you could see mm-hmm. how this is going to end up with the main character having egg on his face. Yep. Uh, so well, it's predictable. Number one, yeah, you yeah. know that Odo's not an idiot. If you've been watching this show for three years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know Odo's got the you know everything under control. So there's yeah. that. The first, well, I don't know, maybe two seasons, but definitely the first season of Next Generation. Every wharf scene was a wharf no moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, this this is,
1: episode was
2: like this, another yes, wharf no.
3: Yes, this is exactly what I. That's my problem with this episode. It's one long wharf
2: no,
4: <laughs> where
3: wharf decides he's going to go ahead and do something, and it's the wrong. Or
4: more
2: like, why didn't you guys say wharf no? Like no one, yeah, <laughs> no one answered <laughs> right. my direct fucking question. <laughs> right.
1: Things don't work on Deep Space Nine like they do on a starship. <laughs> Right, <laughs> he's you playing to, goofus to their, everybody else's
5: skeleton.
2: You have to sense when we're telling you no tacitly. You can't. You know. <laughs> well, and that's the whole
3: thing. It does. It does serve this purpose wonderfully.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Where at the end we have got that wonderful speech by Cisco, where he s- explains that things are different on Deep Space Nine than oh yeah than where he's what he's used to in the Federation or Enterprise.
1: Yeah, we have unofficial rules on the stations. You need to learn as you go. A little bit different than life. What or- we have
3: in Warf is an outside perspective for the first time—a character that the audience can follow, you know, as and see the station through, like almost like a third-party perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: And I think that's something that they utilize nicely. My only thing is is that I. Don't like the wharf no aspect of it, but I think <laughs> I think it's it's good, it's fine, it's like not it's not something I would change. It's just like a personal preference. I don't yeah. like to see wharf in his big in his big wharf episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah be a yeah, doofus. Yeah.
1: I liked him learning though. I mean, and he does maybe change on Enterprise. I always I always knew who my allies and who were my enemies, and let us just say that on Deep Space Nine has a little bit more shades of gray. <laughs>
3: sure. And they actually say the word
2: shades of... I mean, they actually say shades, shades. of... That's oh,
1: yeah. That was a near exact quote.
2: Right. <laughs> it reminds me of that scene in uh, The Office where he's got to bring the Stanford branch into the Scranton branch. Oh, yeah. We do things a little different here with a zing. Like, exactly. <laughs> because yeah. of a little speech. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: Quark has his own set of rules, if you understand those rules.
2: Yeah, wait till you get a load of Garrick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Uh, and I think that that's... It's two things. It's two things... I don't know if the show's ever actually came out and said that we're about the, m- muddy, m- the muddy middle of like processing through life and, and shades of gray and these sort of, you know, like convenient alliances and stuff like it's that. Been, there
1: was a little bit of that in the Maquis episode, I think, actually, even when Cisco was like, back on Earth, everything is perfect, but out here uh-huh. we are dealing blah, blah, blah. They just don't get it. No, that was... They just don't get yeah. it. With
2: his, yeah, uh, past tense. No, no, but yeah, no, like you're. But you're right. But I don't think they've ever summed it in like a mission statement. Yeah, yeah. In the way that this episode does. But knowing that you also anyone in the writers' room, once Rick Berman told them that you got to put you, <laughs> the wharf stays in the picture, you got to put Wharf <laughs> on the show. You're gonna say, well, the stodgiest inner turmoil, but yet immobile moral figure on TNG is coming to this mushy moral gray pot Like you gotta like that's gotta be pretty early on right right but you gotta start dealing with that and so i think they jumped right into it and i, I mean i you're right i don't like i don't like wharf sand shitty yeah but. i
1: noticed though the, the warf you don't be a dummy i noticed that as yeah me.
2: but i got the same thing from o'brien O'Brien was shitty the whole episode, and I like O'Brien, and I know you don't. So. Oh, yeah,
1: no. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess we've covered most of the B-plot. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to get into an A-plot? And, yeah, that's true. And get into O'Brien. And I don't,
3: yeah, I don't think year. we need to spend too much time on the Wharf stuff, because I think we unpacked it pretty much. I think and, yeah, o-
2: yeah, Odo yeah, we, was we, setting up a complicated staying and Wharf fucked it up because he was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he walked
1: into it. They're like, no. Listen, because he was a security, and it makes sense because he was a security officer for seven years, and then he comes mm. to this new place and he switched. You know, he's in a red suit now. Yeah, he's a command position. So, and they're like, "Listen, you got to leave your yellow suit behind. You're not security anymore." It's like, "Well, I can, I can do both," and it's like, "But Odo's got a shit hat on lockdown. That's don't worry about it." And then yeah. he he realizes that, okay, he he needs to back off because Odo's got his shit together. Yeah, and it's more. It's a shade of gray, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All right, so let's get into the tetra. Let's dip. Let's dive into the tetracil. T-
1: tetracil white. <laughs> is that ketrasil? Ketracil, Yeah. Ketrasil. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Ketrasil white. The first time that is actually mentioned by name.
3: Really? It wasn't in the. No. It wasn't in the earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Huh?
1: No, because they they yeah. identified that there is an enzyme that they require, or they'll die. But they haven't met any Jim Hadar other than the Foundling to know what it's called. So it
2: Yeah. It's like a list of where Right.
1: They're in Merrick Three in the Gamma Quadrant. Then they go to the Bopak system and there's a magneton pulse. They land on Bopak three and smells like a garbage dump. And then a bunch of Jim Hadar jump out of the shadows. The subtitle says sounds of transport, or, or are they predators that, that are invisible? I don't understand Jim and R yet.
2: Neither do they. They say that they, they talks about them eating in here. Um, oh. Yeah. That, that, right.
1: Oh, they eat leaves and shit?
2: No, well, yeah, but like, I get. oh, fuck it. In later episodes, it says they don't eat. Right. Or sleep or fuck. They don't eat or sleep or fuck. And they talk about eating in this. It's a continuity error. It got brought up. Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) Well, do they talk about eating or does just Bashir when he's trying to find a cure? When
2: he's trying to find a cure, they ask him and he goes, I've ate the same things they have.
1: Oh,
2: right. So that there's nothing that, yeah. yeah. He does. I mean, he he could have meant, I've ate nothing and they've ate nothing, but I don't know. (laughs) Right, right. That's a weird way of saying that.
1: I wish they just eat because it makes more sense. Yeah. You're not change links, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Bashir at one point says, Oh, there's this there's a lot of chlorophyll in this plant for a red giant. Yeah. Neither here nor there. That's just a fact I wrote down.
2: Oh, it's a red giant planet?
1: Yeah. That's why it's like it's weird that everything's green here. For a red giant.
2: when they all be like seven? They would also be under like nine hundred pounds. Too. You might say it's a lot like Southern California out here. <laughs> 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 it looks Which like it's totally <laughs> weird for a red. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> red it, it, it looks like just a half drive drive from where they filmed Deep Space Nine. And yeah. nine. Well, yeah. the
1: planet's a red, not a red giant, but the the sun is. The
4: right.
2: Oh, 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 yeah, oh,
4: I, yeah. oh. The star is. Oh,
3: like that's, Krypton, that's, man. Yeah, I know. It's, I, it's, my point is, is that you know, under a red giant, it's not supposed to grow and look like Southern California. Yeah. Right.
4: yeah. yeah. And the that's plants. why he's
3: saying that because mm-hmm. it's obviously yeah, yeah. just goofy and Yeah, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All right. So they land basically they've got they're they're taken prisoner right away. The right. Jim Hadar clearly outnumber them and outclass them. Even if there were just two Jim Hadar, they'd probably still
2: kick O'Brien and Bashir's mm-hmm. yeah.
1: ass. Well O'Brien's Rambo. Though. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, but they call attention that they're not killing.
1: Right, which is unusual.
2: They talk about how they should be killing them and they're not. So it, like well, the one guy
1: says like, well, he he knows their positions and everything immediately. He looks at him like, "Oh, he, this is a petty officer. He's a non-com." And then O'Brien's like, "Yeah, sure. If you think so." <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, "Well, let's and but then he says, "This guy has been in the shit." Yeah. Yeah. Not the combat shit, but this guy knows this shit, so we should kill him immediate. Actually, yeah, we should kill him immediately. And then they say, Oh, this guy's a he's a science officer. And then Bashir says, No, I'm a, I'm a doctor.
3: Yeah. Like, oh, okay. He can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> he's got
2: to. I, I uh, finished second in my class. And if it wasn't for the pre ganglionic, yeah,
3: yeah. Just like everybody who's been called Mr., you know, <laughs> yeah, right. and they got to pipe up with their doctor.
2: Actually. actually. it's Dr. Bashir. <laughs> actually, I have a doctorate in post and comparative literature studies. Right.
1: And he's just like, Well, that's a low priority <laughs> yeah, target. That
2: would have been
3: that would have been great. You're you're a doctor. Oh, actually it's it's just yeah, it's just in a comparative
2: literature. I'm not a <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not a medical doctor? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
2: They're
1: like, Oh this guy's a weekly like, uh oh, whatever We'll keep him around for practice, or we should kill that one and take that one for practice for practice, basically. Yeah, yeah. But then the, the leader Goran Agar, Goran Agar, who's named later, says no, let's keep him alive, and it turns out that guy is no longer addicted to Cell White, and he's trying to find a cure, and he was crash landed on this planet when he went cold turkey, and so that's why he came back.
2: Yes, yes. And he's, I guess that you're supposed to think he's got some sort of genetic mutation. Right. Well, no, no. We don't know. We don't know. It's a mystery. We don't know anything. We don't even get a satisfying
3: theory at the end. Yeah.
1: I liked that, actually, that they, because Bashir wasn't able to figure it out. Neither were we as the audience, because O'Brien went and blew up
2: his shit. O'Brien was. Fuck it like needed a nap in this episode. No, okay, so that, that uh main Jim Adar is I guess his name is Goranagar or something like that. Right, right. He's the same actor who played Tosk in uh, Really? Yeah, oh. episode five. Very or, nice. <laughs> uh, and apparently Renee Abergenois asked for him by like name.
1: Oh yeah, because he directed this episode,
2: right? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, he directed it. Okay.
1: Okay. So, that guy's good though. I thought he's a good. Actor. That guy
2: good. That guy was um I mean, there was two Jim Hadar actors that were earning their paycheck and there were about five <laughs> that literally looked like they just pulled them off the street. Huh. I don't know.
1: Maybe it's because I've been watching so much Babylon 5, but man, I appreciate the fucking makeup.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think that Yeah, you know okay. what? The, the Jim
3: Hadars make individual makeup on this episode looked fantastic, I thought. right. I, I, mean, I, cross- I They had a lot of close-ups- And they have a lot of individual traits, which was important in this episode because they all had like different points of view or, well, actually the main Jim Hadar had a different point of view from the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And there's the low lighting. Yeah. So you had to have distinct features. I thought it looked really good. And the actor's eyes were really expressive Mm -hmm. and they came through really well. The
1: eyes are really good. Yeah. Yeah. The makeup on that I'm pretty impressed with because they're wearing these huge headpieces but there's so much expression around the, f- yeah. the front of the face, which is impressive.
2: It's tight around the mouth and the eyes, so like yeah, it yeah. it goes crazy like- with the nose and the foreheads. But yeah. No, I um I think that the main actor and the, the the other guy, like the the Bashir, the, the Jim Dar Bashir and yeah yeah and O'Brien, I think that they were pretty, I mean, they were great actors. They were fine actors. They were good actors. And the makeup looked great on them. And I just think that there were several times when they were like the group scenes. And I just I just got a 4K television. So like everything looks gross to me still. <laughs> yeah, or, this
1: looks like shit, I'm sure.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Like, yeah, you've
3: completely got me off of the idea of ever.
2: No, like, I mean, I guess I'm supposed to get used to it because it's the future. But like everything looks me me and it looks like so pop like everything is so clear and you're like i don't want things this clear but like you can kind of see like the bumble that they just like took four tall guys didn't spend as much time on their makeup and they look just like they they were taking it as seriously as you if you took four guys off the street and put alien rhino makeup on their face (laughs) and so it didn't look as but when it was the two main leads though they looked great
1: yeah and they looked different like one
2: looked like enemy mine
1: Enemy Mine, that's it. Yep, with Luke Gossett yeah. Jr. Luke Gossett Jr. One looked like Luke Gossett Jr. if they were less red yeah. makeup, and, and then the Garana Gar looked different than him. And, you know, that's a nice touch with aliens or that, that much prosthetic makeup.
2: Should we nerd cor- We shouldn't. And I, I don't want to like. Should we nerd corner that like a cloned race should look more similar to each other?
1: Depends on the type of cloning. Yeah, and and you
2: could probably say that they added genetic variation to lead to the health of the whatever... Puck. Sure, sure. Yeah. Or exactly. that it's
3: just like easier to you have a cohesive unit if you can know who when you're giving orders. Know who, you gave orders to somebody that yeah. Like it makes less sense to have them look
2: exactly as a military the, unit. Yeah. yeah. To go the Star Wars route where everybody looks like a like a Maori warrior. Like yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's your dad. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, So O'Brien, okay. So quickly, the Jim Hadar enlists Bashir to help cure them of their Ketracel White addiction.
1: Yeah, or, or the one does, and the, the rest well, of them are they have them. to kind of
3: go along with it because the supply yeah. is running out. And the lead Jim Hadar, who has kicked the habit mysteriously, has told them that they have like 27 days left of the stuff, and they don't. They have like five days. So they, the heat is on Bashir to to find a cure. Meanwhile, O'Brien doing what anybody, I guess. In his supposition would do It's trying to figure out to, to escape because he i mean listen yeah po- politics aside you know you're going to die if you don't try to escape
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> right. it seems I it,
1: right i haven't we we haven't actually asked this we haven't actually asked this Hugh. but how do you reconcile two characters that you hate <laughs> now wait <laughs> i think i have a
3: very i think my hatred gets kind of blown out proportions a little bit
4: here
1: <laughs> no because it's funny. i don't always
3: like what they what they do with the characters and i don't always care for maybe one of the actors you know <laughs> choices professionally sure, sure. but Orion was fine in this episode and bashir i felt like sadig alexander el sadig uh, did a good job and this like his choices were were spot on he was a little doe-eyed and trying to be noble and sympathetic and i think this particular episode played to a lot of his strengths he didn't have to do a weird voice. He didn't <laughs> okay. have to be yeah. he didn't he, he did not have to be spooky. Thank God. He didn't have to be old. He just had to be But he did have to be stern
2: to O'Brien twice. Well yeah. right, and that and he didn't did. work. I-
1: I thought he pulled it off no, it, pretty well. It,
2: it worked. I thought he convincingly alphaed O'Brien. Yeah, I think he did too, but it didn't work practically. Like it, like oh, no, in no,
1: the no. story it that,
4: didn't
2: work.
1: No, no, I mean that's that's the mechanics of the story is that right. it didn't work. Like, no, I, and that's, I, that's no fault of. I'm not saying that. that, that I mean that's mm-hmm. that's the show working well. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're
3: agreeing. I'm just yeah, pointing yeah. out that it like that he was supposed to get him to obey his orders. He pulled the rank on him, and O'Brien made it look like he. You know, they had that one scene where. O'Brien's talking to the new Jim Hadar, and they both have that understanding that they don't like each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it
3: either. I'm glad we understand each other. And that was a, a good scene, but really wasn't necessary to the movement of the plot. Oh, I it disagree. Shows ex- his escape.
1: I disagree completely. I think because it's showing the uh, efficacy of both positions. Like, Bashir is the idealistic guy, and he's like, no, we can save... Because if he's right he has a pretty good argument for why this is good for the health of the federation and just peace between the peoples where he's like no if i can solve this the jim hadar could be like integrated in the federations they could rebel against the dominion and be okay and then o'brien is like no if you get these guys out of the yoke of the founders they're just gonna be like the Klingons, basically, and just like conquering everybody, and that's horrible for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it both p- opinions are valid. And both Bashir and O'Brien both have their kind of foils on the Jim Hadar side, where they've got a Garan Agar who's more like Bashir, who's like, yeah, we can learn how to get along. And the other guy that is guarding O'Brien when he gets into the phaser array for whatever the biological scanner or whatever. And jump ship uh-huh. the guy's like i i don't like you you're you're a piece of shit but i understand you because i'm like you and they have that kind of recognition even though they're enemies they have that recognition of the other that they can relate to and and they're both think that they're right in their views like yeah you're right to be scared of me you're right to be fighting to get out of here because i and, there's no peace with this the and there's this a can work out.
2: There's the calmness in that like i you know i think that maybe even like People now are talking about like the horseshoe theory of political positions to where you can get so far left that you're near the far right or you're almost indistinguishable from the far right. Right. That This idea that but that I think that like there is a like if you're on the same side of a circle, even if you're on opposite hemispheres of that circle, I feel more as closer to some radical right motherfucker than I do like a John Osaw for like some middle. Right. Well, whatever. that's how
1: I felt about like high school. <laughs> 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 the, the preppy like douchebag kids were just the same as like the skate punk Other kids, they're just yes the other side of the same circle, but right. yeah, there and are so differences. You could easily get beat up by both. And so I
2: think that yeah. that was like a recognition yeah. that, that we're on the same side of the opposite side. Like you're the black rook and I'm the white rook or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, like we're the same piece on the opposite sides of the board. I like that. I also think it plays to like I do think that the show has managed to very subtly and very well done continue the tradition that O'Brien is let's say bigoted
1: yeah oh yeah i like, was like oh good old racist o'brien yeah right?
2: like he's a man of like racial presumptions or speciesial presumptions and like that that's a thing yeah, that yeah. they keep
1: like, oh or at least the dominion keeps them on a short lease <laughs> yes. and then o'brien Bashir's like they're not animals they're slaves it's like I'm like oh, good old racist o'brien like oh yeah if they got loose they'd take over the whole quadrant or something it's like Mm-hmm. they're animals like no they're not yes
2: yet. and so and i and they're
1: just manipulating you <laughs> julian yeah
2: that's that dominion tnn that he's been watching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i i like that about it a lot and i do think that Bashir. i don't know like i want to give alexander sadig some props in this episode i thought he could have fucked this episode up bad and well, I don't want to. I
3: don't want to <laughs> praise the dude for doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he was perfectly adequate and completely watchable. I think you- <laughs> which is what kind of what I want. But that's
2: do you think that's, that's what s- I want from my season two Bashir? Yeah, yeah. He Beverly really Crushered. <laughs> so
1: on a scale, if we're doing this, let's just say on a scale of his performances so far, if you say the median, this is above the median and maybe into mm-hmm. the positive enough to where he's. Doing a good job?
2: Is this his best? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. This is his (laughs) best performance in Deep Space Nine, right? Actually, you know what?
3: I might say, what's the one where he was spooky, possessed guy? Spooky, possessed Uh, guy? (laughs) Prisoners (laughs) or passengers or whatever? The passenger? Passengers is the lowest. Oh okay. uh, yeah, and I would, yeah. wouldn't you agree guys I mean, there's uh, no well yeah none. he was
1: he was he was handicapped there where he had to re-record his voice over I'll give him that much because of uh, a choice
3: because of a choice he made he still made. made that original because of an acting choice <laughs> Hey man
1: I haven't seen the original tape but, I don't know but we know I, that I'll, I'll withhold judgment
3: All right so there's that and then there's
1: I don't trust Rick Berman
3: <laughs> Well well that's a
1: different story but
3: <laughs> all right well I'm going to still say that that's the lowest the low point like if it if was, there's no, a scale you're
1: right yeah, you're, and saying, with
3: yeah. him, in like, what's what's one in the middle where he shows up for one scene and like says his lines? So that's like in the like a five. I would say the Hippocratic Oath is 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 a ten, where he's completely watchable <laughs> and believable for the whole time. He's perfectly adequate.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like I'm sympathetic to his cause and his point of view. Like, yeah, he he delivered on this one. He wasn't it wasn't awful, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> give him All a right. cookie for it.
1: <laughs> All right, well. I, I'll take it. You just gave him a 10 out of 10, man. I don't know. A uh,
3: Bashir 10 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, Avery Brooks still acted circles around him in this episode, uh, and he was okay. in it for
2: two minutes. I'll just quote, On the Bashir just, scale. On the Bashir scale. Okay. On the, yes, the Bashir scale. This is the greatest performance. I'm just willing
1: to quote you out of context to say that you gave him a 10 out of a 10, and that's what when I have to write up a shitty trailer review of this episode, I'll say, Hugh Crawford gives... Hippocratic Oath, a 10 out of 10 for Julian Bashir's performance.
2: That's fine. <laughs> just like <laughs> Hugh Crawford, quote, Bashir, dot, dot, dot.
1: <laughs>
3: exactly.
2: Best performance on DS9. You won't, Close make it click, maybe You won't
3: believe. <laughs> you watch Hippocratic Oath and you won't believe what happened next.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, okay. So, okay. So,
3: yeah. What were we even talking about? I forgot. Uh, I don't even remember. Um,
1: yeah. So, Julian, he's like, I'm going to help out Garanagar and then. O'Brien is looking for whatever shenanigan escape attempts he can get out of. He shoots a guy and the, blows out his knee joints, and then Garanagar saves his life. And all the other Jem'Hadar, are like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You know the rule. The first rule is, if the death of one will make the rest stronger, then he dies." And then Garanagar is like, "Nope." Oh and that was like a Ray Romano Jim Hadar that said
4: <laughs> <laughs> Then he dies.
1: You know the or or a Henchman 24 <laughs> for our venture <laughs> the voice kind of reminded me of
2: that. It, does. it was it
3: was a strange one. <laughs> but it had to be it had to, you had to be able to tell the difference because they have to, you know.
2: Yeah, but
1: I don't know. I think we covered most of what I had to say about that.
2: Um I, I looked at it. I mean it actually does come to a head in the conflict. And it does throw I mean like its casting Again, they do the Rambo O'Brien thing, which is... Oh, yeah, he's
1: Tricorder Rambo, where he puts a thing.
2: Yeah, he, he ma- manipulates the thing, and then with, like, he gets escapes from the woods. He's You know, he's laying traps and shit. Like right, right. and I guess that's fun. It seems weird for O'Brien. Oh, I think i mean, no, I like that O'Brien has his closet badass. And it seems like I didn't remember that from when I when I first watched the show. Well like I don't remember there was that much O'Brien's secret badass. Oh no, that's that's been I mean, that
1: was the end of season two. Yeah, that's been I'm established. Saying, no, 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 no O'Brien's been whoa. in the shit. Yeah.
2: No, I'm saying okay, guys, I'm saying that I'm saying that I know it from this viewing. I didn't remember that like when I carry my first viewing of the show. Oh well, yeah. Well, like in life. I don't remember that we remember a- him
1: being the wimp transporter guy from tng but on deep space nine he's like yeah i've seen some shit mm-hmm. and like even at the beginning of this episode they're like oh he's a non-com like, yeah you are what you starfleet
0: refers to as a non-com that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you didn't see me Rambo that guy in that season two episode with Cisco. Oh,
0: oh yeah, yeah.
2: No, no, no. No, he's a badass. But like that was a weird thing that like I don't know if like, I like it didn't pay attention to it the first time I watched the show. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely like a, a motif that I that I'm digging.
1: Yeah. And just oh, the way it ends with the way it's bookended, because it's like it sets up Bashir and O'Brien as I mean, if we're just talking subtext and if if I were a gay writer working in a oppressive regime where I can only play with subtext in their gay relationships or something. This is the perfect example of that where they set up at the beginning where like, I wish you were more like a man and all that. Am I, am I going too far with this? No. are, are you
3: talking about, are you talking about the end when they have the disagreement and then they escape together because they have no choice?
1: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even say that they have... But
3: where are you in your, like, linearly? Oh, what I'm, we-
1: I'm just bookending the beginning where they have the I wish you were more like a man and the very end where they have their disagreement. Okay, so
3: you are talking about the very end. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: I'm just saying this whole episode, if you look at it through those lenses of the beginning and the end, this whole thing is a disagreement between a couple about the substantive, or how they feel about the way they interact with the world, mm-hmm. and they have the disagreement about things and their relationship is called into question. And they, they're they still together at the end, where they're like, I can't believe you did that, but I have to deal with it. Like, Garanagar, he's different. He's different. (laughs) You don't understand him like I do. And and O'Brien is like, oh, 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 fine, if you say so.
2: Candy-ass little pussy. I know the way the world works.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, look, I'm here to take care of you. I'm here to get you out because I care for you because this guy is going to be the death of you. I don't care if you think he's different or not. I've got to do the right thing for both of us and get us out of this situation or these Jim Hadar are going to kill us. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, so he makes a decision for Bashir and blows up the station where he was going to solve the Jim Hadar's Ketrasil White problem. And Julian is the, he's the ranking officer. So O'Brien disobeyed a direct order from a superior to save Bashir in his eyes and he's like you can you can bring me up on charges when we get back to the station i was doing this to save you and save us and i thought i was doing the right thing but do what you need to do i wish things could have been different julian so do i and then Bashir is like, look, man, that's not my style. I'm not going to bring you up on charges. As
3: we know from whenever that one guy hit him up for the illegal drugs and he just cited regulation to him instead of turning him in.
2: <laughs> sure, sure. Well, it's, you what know, episode was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: oh, that was the Legion episode. The oh. Bashir's brain. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, where he goes into mind worms, Bashir. Yeah, yeah. A horrible an old makeup episode, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm an old man that
4: <laughs> <end>. <laughs> but you know
1: Deep Space Nine there's more shades of gray hey, you know
2: hey guys we have a call in section I want you to call in a, which is better uh, Wade's Rob or Wade's old man Bashir <laughs> that all might right, be that might right. you should do that as a Twitter poll on the acquisition <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: I'm serious I do <laughs> yeah I need to know but then what, yeah. the, and then
1: also at the very end O'Brien has jumped in there blown up the science lab for him and, he's, and then all the other jim hadar are going to turn on Garanagar because he was too much of a wimp then they think they're going to all go julian o'brien they get caught by Garanagar and they're like okay well we're fucked we're going to die but Garanagar walks them back to the ship which is a danube class runabout called the rubicon rivers rivers nobody ever and they think they're going to die and then the second in command jim hadar comes out of the thing and says Oh, I thought you were a pussy, Garanagar. Thanks for,
4: <laughs> thanks for bringing these guys
1: over here. I tried. I was trying real hard not to say that. I hate saying, but anyways, he's like, "Oh, thank God, you're gonna kill these guys." And then Garanagar is like, "Well, I'm gonna kill somebody." And then he kills the other guy and says, "Go home. Get out of here." And um, Julian is like, "No, we can stay because they'll kill you." And Garanagar is like, "No, I gotta stay. I gotta kill them first because." them going through withdrawal will kill them. We haven't even talked about the withdrawal stuff. Eh, it's kind of... They're feeding in real bad. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, yeah. basically that's the whole problem is these guys need to have their drug and that they're controlled, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So Garanagar is like, look, I'm going to go kill them before they die of more horrible things. And Julian doesn't understand it. And then Garanagar looks at O'Brien and says, you were a soldier, right? And O'Brien's like, yeah, I have been. Then you explain to him and... Julian still doesn't get it, but they're getting into the runabout. And then O'Brien is like, look, he was their commander. They trusted him. He can't leave them behind. Like, he gets it. And then they go, they go back to the station and have their fight where, like, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, yeah, I did it for you. Because
0: I thought it was the only way to save your life.
1: I still don't forgive you for doing it. Like, well, okay, I'm sorry. We'll just have to live with it and... Well, we still have darts. Well I don't feel much like playing either. It's just like it's like a relationship where you're just you're going to sleep angry.
3: <laughs> okay. And like And here's here's my problem. This is where my problem with the episode comes in. Mm-hmm. The fact that they hinted at an easy resolution where they have that line but oh but you will next week.
0: Maybe in a few days.
3: And there's some eyebrow raising and a little bit of grinning back and forth. I thought that was silly and needless. And I thought I that didn't see the, any grins. There were some grins.
2: It was doffing at yes, it was doffing its hat at a yes, at a resolution, at an easy resolution. Uh, where I think I that, don't feel
1: like darts either. Maybe in a few days, like a week for the next episode. Here's
3: the in. thing I think that it should have been a like that what happened on that planet was a real thing mm-hmm. that should be between them for a long time and they would have they, they need to unpack it over time I would have liked to have seen that, that that's what I would have liked to have seen like them dealing with that throughout the rest of the season
2: also what happened was a very clear even cemented at the end with the whole idea about he's their commander he needs to stay here about O'Brien's understanding of the need for command and the power of command he it was a fundamental disrespect. To Bashir. Right. Because he was saying, you called rank on me, but we all know that's not fucking real. You're a pussy and I'm a tough motherfucker. And this is a situation that requires a tough motherfucker. And I can see that that's a situation O'Brien can get over. O'Brien plays the bigger man at the end. He was like, you should you should totally report me. I need to take punishment for what I did on that island. So he opts up for like doing that. And Bashir, you know, is going to let him off and soft pedal it. But that was a fundamental... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't just act resolve... Act of disrespect. Right. And
1: I yeah, do... Yeah, but he's a medical officer. The doctors... Well, that's the other thing. Coming from a person who has doctors in the family, the Jim Hadar, like, oh, the Federation trains your doctors towards compassion and feeling. It's like, wow. Medical advances have come a long <laughs> way since medical school in the yeah, 20th century. That's,
2: that's a nurse's job now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, no, I, I just feel that it... I mean, it's real. It's real, and it's interesting conflict. The show is fine. It's maybe this ending. But I get that, yet again, it comes up where they have an idea that plays so well that it comes up against the restrictions of, like, a a more modern version of the show. I'm not going to say if the show is better, because that's not true. But if a more modern adaptation of the show would let this simmer for a couple episodes. Yeah. And, like, Kira would have to go and, like, when are you guys going to get the fuck over this? Yeah. And it takes on some more weight where... I mean, Hugh's right. They're probably—I don't know. I haven't watched the next episode, but they're probably playing darts. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right. You know, and, and it doesn't well,
1: start date two weeks from now.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> or three months. Who knows? Yeah. So I don't know. I liked this episode a lot, but that—that that was an off note where it was. Just, we can't have anybody questioning the the quality of. Yeah.
1: Is it an off note for this episode, or is it an off note for this season? I mean, if, it, if, if you didn't know that they just get over it next episode. Would it be well? I mean,
2: the same kind of. They thing? bought a bigger meal than they were willing to eat in the restaurant. You know, they, and instead of like doggy bagging it, they just kind of left. You know, they. I don't know. Like I don't know. That's the shitty analogy. I'm sorry, but like they, like I felt like that the importance of the episode was more than they were willing to commit to for the scope of the season uh yeah i don't know i
1: haven't watched the rest of the season yet so i can't make a decision
2: but i don't know but i'm pretty sh- i mean i okay let's wait because i have it either They get
1: over it pretty fast i bet
2: you're right I, if they don't if this has lingering issues and i'll rescind my critique
1: right but I, my, well my question though is in a vacuum if you don't know how the rest of the season works out is this just a good episode yeah even with that ambiguous ending i think that ambiguous ending is strong
3: yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it ruins the episode. I'm just saying saying what I would have liked to have seen from this episode. It's from this
1: episode or from the show? Both. I mean,
3: that's what I. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I if that was a serious like if I had seen like four Deep Space Nine episodes ever. Yeah, yeah, And it ended on a heavy note with them not being like with the tension between them. I would have been like, oh snap, there was some like stuff that really went down this episode. But instead, I, you know, I know that signals that every episode has a tidy little ending. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if I didn't know the series so well, I would know that the show is, you know, everything's a little tidy at the end. And we, and that's the kind of show it is. And, and we move
2: a, past that, or it feels right. like we should have moved we past We should
3: have that. moved past that, that kind of move at this point. But whatever, I'm,
2: okay.
3: I, 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 like I said at the top of our show, it's a, good episode yeah i my complaints with i do have some issues with it but they're not they're not you know deal breakers i didn't you know
2: put it this way i if i remember season four correctly this isn't probably going to be on my on my white album. really i think this is just a basic i think this is a basic fourth season four episode i think that and that excites me because this is pretty fucking good i think this (laughs) is
3: actually yeah i think this is Pretty forgettable. Like when I think about Deep Space Nine, this isn't this isn't one of the episodes. Yeah, like, see, I don't no. know. I mean
1: don't. We'll see how many more great episodes we get in season four, but like just for the Jim hadar storyline, I feel like this is a pretty important one. It's first catch or sell white, but you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of catch or sell white episodes.
2: Yeah. yeah. This is good stuff. This is good TV. Yeah. yeah. You know what? This, this is, is this is worthy. This is worthy of making a podcast about.
4: <laughs> yeah. like, looking at show, the star know, like,
3: rating on IMDb, uh, I think this is worthy of that rating. If that tips my hand a little bit, you guys want to get into that section? You got some wrap up that you any wrap up thoughts?
1: Well, no, because I was just going to say maybe I've been watching too much first season Babylon five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna. Because this go is ahead. amazing. <laughs> I think this is a really good episode. I think this is a. It's a status quo episode. Yeah, yeah. Where, where we're at today, we, we're you know, the thesis of the show is this is a precursor to the golden age of television, which has sort of junked, you know, sort of status quo episodes. Yeah, and yeah. that we're just le- like killer no filler. Like we're just left with like the the visitors. It's like a season of visitors and ways of the warriors. Yeah, yeah. And and even like I don't watch twenty four show season. Like I don't watch Flash. I don't watch those shit, those shows. I'm sure they're good, and I'm not here to insult them, but I don't watch them. Yeah. Like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, or Burn Notice. Is Burn Notice still a show? I, I don't know. Burn Notice. But when Burn Notice was a show. And I don't watch those kind of shows, but there are a lot of status quo shows. Law and Order, it's all status quo shows. Right. House, which I do like as a comfy show, was all status quo well, shows.
1: Procedurals are a whole different beast. If yeah, right. yeah,
2: exactly. And I think that this is... The closest thing to a proceed. I mean, I, I think this is a status quo show, and I think this is a pretty damn good one. Um, and if this is representative of the, we worked on this for five days and filmed it in five days. You know, we wrote it in five days and filmed it in five days. Yeah, yeah. If that is like, if that's what's to come, the season is going to be pretty damn great.
1: Yeah. If this is the new status quo, I am psyched as fuck. Right. Yes.
2: That's the takeaway. Yeah.
1: I think to call of this a, a procedural is not fair at all. No, no, no. I'm not, not, no, 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 I'm because, not calling it a but, procedural.
2: I'm calling it like, like a like a procedural. But if
1: this is the state of the new status quo, this yeah. is fucking a great place to be.
2: Yeah, like in. but in a so, procedural, yeah. you have like, you know, like on house, in, in any given season, there's four episodes where something important happens to right, house. Right, 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 right. And every other episode's the same damn thing. And I love that about it because I watch it. Or the same damn thing.
1: Right, right, right.
2: Yeah. But this is not this is this is not This like, isn't
1: the same damn thing either. <laughs> this I isn't one think...
2: of those four episodes. This isn't yeah, a sweet yeah. sweet episode. Right, right. So yeah. well, you
3: guys wanna get into what the good people of IMDB think of this episode?
1: Uh yeah. I think I'm I think I'm ready for it.
2: Who wants to go first? I'll go. Well what did you you said I'm gonna I'm gonna oh sorry. Well,
1: Hugh said that this show he was on
2: was right where it, it should it matched
1: be. up with what he thought. hmm Yeah. So I'm gonna say it's a...
2: 7.0 uh i'll go seven point Ooh, i'll go i wanted that uh 7.2 i guess my comment totally misled you
1: <laughs> <laughs> damn it
2: uh yeah
3: we had um 690 votes on this which is a high
1: 6.7 yeah
3: no it's a 7.7 7.
1: Mm. yeah like my mike my you totally misled me yeah i didn't mean to do that
3: um <laughs> uh, no but i think that it's a really good episode. It's a good episode. And I think my problems with it were minor. You know, I think it's, it's probably about a 7.7 7 out of 10,
1: right? Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I, yeah, I was lowballing it because I was going for what you thought it should be. Yeah. yeah. What I thought you thought.
5: Wait.
2: Yeah. There you go.
1: If you think what you think, I think you think. And <laughs> I think that maybe this would be. What I think.
2: So, next week's <laughs> episode is something that we haven't had in a long time. Uh oh. Which is a Dakira episode. Uh, Kira and Dukat go on an adventure together, and that's pretty awesome. Also, it looks like Cisco fights with, um, Cassidy Yates. So,
1: oh, oh so the new status quo is two characters go off on an away mission, and the B plot is back on Deep Space Nine.
2: And probably thematically, hopefully, they marry as opposed to not in any way oh. thematically matching up ever which is the season two status quo.
1: Right. Well <laughs> did these match up? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It was about um, rigidity and, and facing uh, okay. facing gotcha. new and black and white problems. So I mean I felt like they okay yeah. I felt like they tightly All right. yeah. That that Warf and O'Brien are and it I mean maybe it's shitty to the next generation too, that the two next generation <laughs> cast members are rigid and unmoving. It's not facing like a new and plastic world.
1: Okay. You got
2: me. All right. I'm well told. we've got we'll
3: a lot to look
1: forward to next week.
2: Yes. Do we want
3: to to transition to our
2: uh, we I forgot can,
3: what happens next.
1: Yeah, well I guess we'll get into our whatever we're calling it segment.
3: Voicemails and emails.
1: Voicemails, the group. I would just yet. say
3: I would just call it voicemails and emails. Right now, it probably should just until we figure out something that somebody else hasn't called their yeah, section. Yeah.
1: Okay, I guess you don't like The Great Link very much. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I do
3: like it. But the problem with The Great Link is I forgot about it.
1: <laughs> and the, and
2: the first thing we say is shoot us our goo. Shoot us your goo.
1: Uh, we don't have to do give us your goo every time. Uh, uh, all just right, join us in The Great Link. Join us Commune a, with us. Yeah. Right. The Internet's a great link, right? It's everybody putting their stuff... Oh, that's stuff. That's stuff. <laughs>
2: Never you shut right. your stuff into the Great Link. So,
3: nevertheless, let's we're let's,
1: communing let's with move on, everyone move on else. over
3: to our. I'm stopping <laughs> Great Link <laughs> segments. Yeah, <seconds>. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: stopping this right now.
3: Okay, all right. See, you understand now, Why can't she see that? Why can't she be more like
0: more like well, a man? More like a man. So you wish Keiko was a man? I wish I was on this trip with someone else. That's what I wish. All right.
1: Here we have a voicemail. Oh, getting ahead of the game a little bit. I mean, also after the game. It's a voicemail about the visitor sent in before The visitor before our episode dropped aired, but so so this will be. You'll hear this after we've aired the visitor. But this was sent to us before Eric heard what we have to say
5: about. Uh, Ah, gentlemen of the R.O.A. Hello there, it's Eric from Pennsylvania again, and you guys, you guys were in the good shit. Ah. (laughs) It's great to be in season four. I mean, season three, some of the episodes were really picking things up. I was remembering how much I love this show. And then we get to season four, and it's just, it's another level. I mean, everybody's stepping up their acting game. The lighting's better. The cinematography's better. There's If We get more Gowron and Martok. It's, uh, it's the good shit. Glad to be here. Anyway, The Visitor. I just want to put this out there, see what you guys think about it. Is the Alpha Quadrant better off without Ben Sisko? Because this episode kind of makes it seem that way. I mean, yeah, the Klingons get control of Deep Space Nine, which, you know, la-di-da. But I didn't hear any mention in this episode about a massive war with the Dominion with millions of casualties, which freaking, I don't think that's a... Spoiler, that's what the show's about that that's a thing that happens, but in this future it didn't. So, by saving Cisco, did little Cisco doom millions to their deaths? And I mean, obviously, I don't mean that it would be better for the show. Avery Brooks is a gem and he makes every scene that he's in better. And as much as I would love to watch the Gowron and Martok version of Deep Space Nine, it's That's not the show we're here to watch. So I'm glad he's alive, but it's just a different way of looking at this episode in retrospect. So yeah, uh, looking forward to more season four, more of the good shit, you know? I hope everyone ate their Klingon Wheaties this morning because we're (laughs) in for a ride. I guess Klingon Wheaties are probably just gah, but like gah with milk? Ew. (laughs) Ew.
2: bye guys fermented goat milk
1: right fermented probably blood of some sort
2: okay uh, so this is going to this this fills me with a little bit of dread here right i uh we our our visitor episode is, is pretty long if you listen to it last week um and I uh, it was longer and i cut out a conversation that referenced what he's talking about
1: I, I feel like I remember talking
3: oh, about yeah, it. Oh yeah, we, I didn't we hear. did. We
2: did touch upon it a little bit. We I think. we touched upon it, and I felt that uh, we didn't. We, I, I don't. I don't feel like we like landed it because I think we were a little scared of getting into spoilers. I think Hugh specifically yeah. was a little uncomfortable with it. So I. I'm I, always
3: the most uncomfortable. Yeah, with where we're like ahead spoilers. And I yes. need, and I
2: needed to cut like ten whole minutes out of the episode to, well,
3: to make it manageable. What, the,
2: the <laughs> thrust of what he's saying is
3: is probably not true, because. We suspect that those issues that take place in the future aren't addressed for the sake of like the nuts and bolts storytelling of their overall arc, right? Is that is that where we landed?
2: Well, it's it's representing a future where Cisco. I mean, I in theory, I guess, is Cisco provoking the next four seasons, which aren't necessarily a historic good. for the Federation and the Alpha Quadrant. So if you kill baby Hitler, or if, no, it's, uh, no, you don't even, don't make it baby Hitler. Make it like if you kill Joan Collins in um, City on the Edge. And City on the Edge of Forever, like, even though she was like, like a wholesome and and great, like does, does her existence cause a a world calamity? Like that's some, you know, like,
1: (sighs) I, I thought we just landed on, hey, asshole, they just hadn't gotten to that point. They hadn't told the Dominion War yet. They didn't know. Right, that's <laughs> no, what I well, thought. Well, that's
2: definitely real. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> the case. That's, but the dire, that's my few fu- I think that the show is trying to paint a depressing future for Deep Space Nine and for Bajor and all of that stuff. And it is the future that's sort of an extension of what what is brought about by the end of The Way of the Warrior. But if you compare it to where the show goes, it isn't as bad, <laughs>
4: right, so, right? So, and that's and part the, of it. That that's they, sort of the thing. Yeah,
1: they just—it's the second episode right after they introduce the Klingons as yeah. kind of the big bad of the season, so far the series because they probably they don't even know if they're going to get to the Dominion War, right? So this
2: is yeah, They've this been is a whole text critique. With, like this right? isn't—it isn't like They've, a like what we do, which is what we talk about, like what I received a bear was thinking at the time. It is like, right. a, if you take the text as a whole, right. Like as a, as a fully conceived work, then the internal logic is that yeah, yeah, yeah. the future was yeah, worse yeah. as Ben Cisco lived. True. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I
3: don't, and I choose not to look at it like that because it's <laughs> not what it it, makes your brain hurt. <laughs> well, it makes your brain hurt. And it, it's not meant to be looked at like that. Yeah, I mean, they're making, they're making this stuff up on the fly. So <laughs> obviously, they right. can't account mm-hmm. for some things that they come up with later on.
1: Well, they had, though. To be fair, they had plotted out that they wanted to go in the whole Dominion War arc, but then Rick Berman said, "Your show's going to get canceled unless you put Klingons in it." Yeah, and they're like, oh, "Okay, we'll do, we'll retool it." And so they didn't know necessarily that they would even get to that stuff. And, they, and you can't
2: tip your hand either, like uh, yeah, yeah, and they don't want to tip yeah, the so, hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it makes sense, but it it is sort of we went into that. We went into that terrain, and I cut it out. But I'm glad that we got to talk, give some lip service to it. So thank you, Eric. Yes. And your and your sultry NPR voice. <laughs>
4: yeah. That's <For> right. <laughs> uh, all right.
2: All right. Well, uh, do you want to give the info
3: out and oh, yeah. anything else on our way out?
1: Um. Yeah. Give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight. Or uh, shoot us an email at rolls of acquisition podcast at gmail dot com. Anybody else got stuff?
3: Uh, you can find my uh, comics at crimes against humanities dot dot com, or just put crimes against humanities into the Facebook, and you'll find that that there too.
2: Yeah. No, nothing new. Uh, <laughs>
4: okay.
2: Uh, better skills for a better future. That's the.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Everybody, <laughs> well, learned, everybody learned to code. Everybody, uh, everybody yes. learned to code,
2: people. Because that's why. <laughs> she ain't going to fucking have a job. Okay. No, that's all I got. On, on that <laughs> note. All right.
1: All right. Quick, you get us the fuck out of here.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Three to beam out.
0: Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line? where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their earholes holes. They will play them on air, and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal. The number is 917-408-3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong so feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication. We know you love that. Again, 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.